Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And today, we're in our first half hour, we are talking about loss and grief in our brain and how our brain, the way we think and our attitude makes a huge difference. My guest is Dr. Lisa Schulman, MD, and her new book is Before and After Loss, A Neurologist's Perspective on Loss, Grief, and Our Brain. Dr. Lisa Schulman is a professor of neurology at the University of Maryland. She's the author or editor of numerous books on neurologic disorders, including Parkinson's disease, a complete guide for patients and families, now in its third edition. Welcome, Lisa. Welcome, Dr. Schulman. Thank you so much, Patricia. Thank you for inviting me on. Good. Before and after loss delves into the science behind the grief to dispel mystery and to help those experiencing loss and to help them feel less overwhelmed and less anxious and less alone. And that's what we're going to talk about. And over her decades as a neurologist and clinician, clinician Dr. Lisa Schulman has continually studied and observed and dealt with chronic illness. And she's going to talk about her knowledge, but her own profound loss and how she dealt with that. So, Dr. Schulman, tell us why you wrote this book and how your own personal experience with loss, you know, motivated you. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, for years I've been caring and counseling others uh, in terms of dealing with serious illness and life-threatening conditions. Uh, But I was, to be honest, astonished when I was instead the person experiencing um, illness as a caregiver, that is, of my husband. And when he uh, died a number of years ago, the experience of loss and grief was actually not at all what I'd expected. Uh, I think like many people, I had envisioned that period of uh, experience of, of severe and traumatic loss as being filled with sorrow. But what I learned was that for a while I was mystified because I felt like many people. I felt disoriented. I felt like I had lost my bearings. I felt oftentimes like I was less attentive than usual. I was mm-hmm. in a fog. Uh, and, uh, and many people describe it as feeling like they're going crazy uh, because mm-hmm. the whole experience is so different from normal life. I felt all of that. And after many uh, months of struggling, uh, I, at some point, fortunately, started to view this experience from my perspective as a neurologist, because Mm. I realized that if I was looking at somebody else with symptoms of feeling like in a fog and a daze and disoriented, I would see that as from a neurologist's perspective as Mm. what we call altered mental status a type of change of brain function. That, Patricia, led me down a path to start to do my own research in Mm. how traumatic loss affects the brain. So was that because you were able to kind of 
view it more objectively, if you will. Did that help you not detach, but did that help you um, move through it more easily? It was a very big step in my own recovery. I mean, there isn't mm-hmm. anything as, uh, such as a, a recovery. It's the wrong mm-hmm. word, but mm-hmm. healing and restoration. Uh, it was a big step because, uh, number one, I think for many of us, when you demystify your experience and you have some way to explain why you feel this way, it is comforting in and of itself. And the more I learned about how uh, traumatic loss, emotional trauma, actually alters and remodels the brain in certain ways, the more I found tools to begin to uh, undo that and remodel and rewire the brain in back to more healthy function. Can you give us an example of, 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 of something that you did and, and that our listeners can do if they're, when they're dealing with this kind of amazing loss? Right. Uh, You know, uh, many people have heard the um, word neuroplasticity. Yes. And that's what I'm talking about. Neuroplasticity is very simply, it's a big word, but it very simply means that our brains are capable of constantly uh, remodeling the neural connections based on experience. So when we go through a traumatic loss or emotional trauma in general, not only... Uh, the death of a loved one, but it could be a very difficult divorce, a sudden mm-hmm. loss of one's career, mm-hmm. a new diagnosis. All those mm-hmm. things are emotionally traumatic, yeah. and these alter the function of our brain in a way that is maladaptive and for many of us leads us to, um, for example, uh, ha- uh, respond to triggers with a anxious, fight-or-flight kind of a response uh, or leads us to suppress uh, disturbing emotions and memories so that we can't even access them because they're so painful. So the tangible steps that one can take is understanding that it's going to be important to rewire and remodel by gradually exposing and desensitizing yourself to the disturbing material and to get back on your feet. And that'll be different Mm. for everybody, how you go about that. Mm. For me, one of the key tools that was so helpful for me was keeping a journal, both during the day and a dream journal. Mm. It's very interesting you say that because um, I can and I've known other people that can relate to it for different reasons. Let's say, as you said, a career loss or a financial loss. And, and when you talked about looking at this, um, I don't know if the word is more objectively, but actually being able to look at where you are. Um, if you're looking at finances, for example, and working with it every day, almost as though you were an accountant, taking out that emotional but almost as though, okay, this is a puzzle. How do we figure, how do we pay that today and maybe not pay this tomorrow? So taking it out of this horrible grief and shame that you've lost or that, you know, your career isn't what it was. It's, it's, it's a hard one to do, but I found, and I found with other people I know when they've done that, it makes it easier for them to move through it because they take that horrible loss out of it. 
that makes you know, sense. It's, it's, it's very empowering, isn't it? You know, that you have some tools. You understand yes, you feel what happens to you, and you have some tools to move forward. You know, I don't, I don't want to uh, in any way make it sound that um, this is uh, an easy path. You know, no, instead, very hard. when you are going through hard times, you have to choose to go down a difficult path and challenge yourself uh, to uh, get back in touch and reconnect with um, all those difficult emotions and memories and the meaning of this experience in one's life so that you can um, tell your own story and tell your story with these difficult experiences integrated into that story. Uh, Lisa, do you also find that it's helpful to talk to other people who've been through it? I think, you know, everybody's experience is very different. Um, What I find is most helpful about connecting with others is um, two things. One, when people remind us that uh, this isn't going to last forever, because oftentimes when you feel, when you're going through difficult times, it feels like you're never going to uh, be healed. So that is a very important step, I think. Uh, And the other is that it's very affirming to hear someone describe emotions, odd experiences, which, as I said before, one might even say uh, to others, this could seem crazy when you hear others say, no, when I was at that moment in my life, I behaved in that way too. You know, uh, for example, in real time, I thought these were all very odd experiences, but since then I've spoken to people or read about the, uh, read about the sequences that were just like mine. For example, my desire to um, wear articles of clothing of my husband's or um, to um, actually repeat uh, things that he did, which I wouldn't normally do myself, like go to a restaurant and want to order the food he'd order rather than what I preferred. Uh, mm. or, uh, uh, or when I, would, when I cook, cooking things that he'd prefer. Uh, mm-hmm. These all may sound odd and um, maybe, like I say, uh, a bit weird, but uh, when you speak to other people who've lost people very close to themselves, they repeat very similar stories. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, so important because by doing that makes you feel closer to them, makes you feel they're still part of your life. Yes. Yes, very much so. And, you know, you're, we're all looking for ways to be comforted and, you know, I mean, a lot of the conventional wisdom about uh, loss and grief, I think, has really transmitted the wrong message. And that was one of the major reasons, really, why I wrote the book, Um, because I really uh, was astonished to find that so much of what I'd been taught or what I had envisioned was just simply... Uh, not correct. For example, uh, if we measure our progress in terms of our own healing against some sort of arbitrary uh, timeline that others uh, talk about, uh, I just don't think it's being fair to ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, because we all need 
our own individual timeline to um, move forward and uh, heal and restore emotionally. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people still use words like closure, which is uh, just not at all what this is about. Instead, mm-hmm. it's about looking for uh, important meaningful ways to maintain our bonds with people that we've loved. Right. And on that note, we're going to take a break. Very beautifully stated. We are talking to Dr. Lisa Schulman, and she's an MD, a professor of neurology at the University of Maryland. Her new book is Before and After Loss, a neurologist's perspective on loss, grief, and our brain. She went through it. Uh, with her own husband when he passed. They were very close, and she then helped, this has helped her to write this new book to help other people in this situation. Again, the book is Before and After Loss, A Neurologist's Perspective on Loss, Grief, and Our Brain. And when we come back, we'll talk more about what loss does to our brain and things that we can continue to do to help our brain grow and thrive. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. are listening to the Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and we are back. And I'm talking with Dr. Lisa Schulman, 
who is a professor of neurology at the University of Maryland. Her new book is Before and After Loss, A Neurologist's Perspective on Loss, Grief, and Our Brain. And she explores the effects of losing and grieving on a loved one, on our mind, our brain, and our body, and how we can build tools for confidence in managing grief to rebuild our lives. Welcome back, Dr. Shulman. Welcome back, Lisa. Thank you, Patricia. Okay, so let's um, let's talk about, before we go into um, things like journaling and dreams and sort of the subconscious, what about the brain? What happens to the brain physically? You talked a little bit about this in our first segment and how neuroplasticity can help us for our brain to grow. Yes. Uh, so, you know, the, the brain is uh, incredibly um, uh, well-suited to ensure our survival, to protect us. And the brain's ability to protect us involves being hardwired such that when we are under threat, and any of these forms of emotional trauma are a threat, that the brain kicks into gear to ensure that we're going to be able to continue to function even under dire circumstances. And there are two interesting ways that the brain is capable of doing this. One is when we're in an acute situation, we um, have the fight-or-flight response, which is a whole bodily stress hormone response where the brain makes sure we get ourselves out out of this predicament. But then there's a whole other, more sustained response where, uh, to me, it's incredible that the brain is capable of sensing what we can and can't handle in terms of the uh, difficult uh, experiences and emotions that we've gone through. As a result of that, uh, the mind and brain actually suppress uh, disturbing memories uh, so that they're not accessible to us. Oftentimes people say, when you ask them about the period of time when they've gone through a terrible emotional trauma, uh, including the loss of a loved one, people oftentimes say, I don't even remember that year uh, Mm. or this period of time. And that's because of what I'm saying, that, you know, the, the mind incredibly suppresses material so that you can continue to function even mm-hmm. under dire circumstances. Mm-hmm. So important. How does journaling and dreams play into this in terms of that protectiveness of the brain? Well, the, you know, the dreams are really a direct link to what I'm saying because, uh, first of all, I mean, dreaming is incredibly important for our health in general. Uh, this is uh, the time during our sleep where our experiences, our daily experiences, are integrated and consolidated with previous experiences and memories. But a problem, uh, an obstacle occurs when those experiences are so challenging and so difficult that they don't fit into uh, our lives of the past. So... They, are, they can't be consolidated. They can't be easily integrated. And instead, they continue to uh, roil around. They're not able to be um, uh, 
put down into these big files of the memory stores, if you will. That results in um, continually distressing dreams by night with a lot of uh, strange symbols based on uh, what continues to be um, not consolidated, not integrated, uh, and intrusive thoughts and ruminations by day. Uh, not at all unlike uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, which you've all heard mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. The post-traumatic stress disorder is a form of emotional trauma, uh, and so is what we're talking about here. So, uh, actually, most people who have uh, experienced a difficult trauma begin to have more disturbing, uh, more vivid dreams. Uh, And I I also was among those. I had never kept a dream journal, but began to during that period of time. And it was very interesting because in writing down the dream, it never failed to seem completely silly and meaningless when I started. Uh, And then after keeping filling in the gaps, remembering and recalling details, and keeping a dream journal over time, actually a whole story and sequence unfolded that I talk about and show in the book where it really helped me to um, reconnect and understand the meaning of what I was living through at that time. I also kept a journal by day. And so... The information that I was recording during the day plus the dream journal at night was really, for me, a step-by-step path uh, for um, healing. Did you try to interpret your dreams, and was that helpful? Yes. Yes, it it was very helpful. Uh, I I mean, what, what is so empowering and powerful about journaling, both daytime and dream journaling, is the ability to revisit what you've written time and time again, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is not... um, we, We don't have that capacity when we speak to a counselor or a friend. Uh, not only do we feel more, it's more necessary to edit what we say to others rather than when you're writing in your journal, you can write it any way you wish, it's only for you. But I think the real mindful work, the healing comes in, not in interpreting the dream and getting the quote-unquote right interpretation, but instead it's the inner work that goes into reading your own words, uh, reading about the strange symbols in your dreams, and making interpretations uh, that make sense to you. Mm, Yes, very, very true. What would you like to leave our listeners with? What would be your message, um, your message of your book, Before and After Loss, A Neurologist's Perspective on Loss, Grief, and Our Brain. What would be a couple things you would suggest to our listeners? Well, you know, um, in writing the book, I uh, very much wanted uh, people to see that there was a a reason for uh, an explanation uh, 
in terms of how our brains work that explains the uh, unusual and strange experiences we're having during these difficult times. And I sort of also wanted people to be able to leave the book with uh, good ways to think about how to move forward. And I did that citing three different uh, principles. The first principle is the idea of subconscious conscious integration, and we've talked about that already in terms of the importance of surfacing subconscious memories and bringing them out in the open again. The second principle I refer to is immersion and distraction, and that simply refers to the fact that, you know, we can't work on uh, trying to surface disturbing memories uh, all the time. We have to also rely and alternate with periods of refreshment and rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to also think about what are the things that bring you um, joy. You. Some mm-hmm. people, it's being out in nature. Uh, it could be a whole host of things. And the third principle that I mentioned is simply opening the mind to new possibilities because mm-hmm. in the beginning... We feel overwhelmed by loss, but at some point we have to start to make a pivot and think about what's our new life going to be. Mm. Beautiful. Beautifully said. How can people find your book and, uh, or write to you, for example? Yes, well, uh, Patricia, uh, the book is easily found either on the Amazon website or at the um, website of the publisher, Johns Hopkins University Press. And also on the Hopkins University Press website, there is a blog, and I'd be happy to take any, any messages. Okay, and that would be on the blog, on, yes. on the Johns Hopkins University Press. Okay, um, beautifully stated. Again, my guest has been Dr. Lisa Shulman, M.D., Her book is Before and After Loss, A Neurologist's Perspective on Loss, Grief, and Our Brain. Thank you so much for being on the program, Lisa, Dr. Shulman. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thank you. Thank you. Stay on the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this first interview. Uh, Stay tuned. We have another interview coming right up right here on the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.